When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of After 9 on this National Eat What You Want Day. Ooh, eat what you want. Lay off me, I'm starving! You are the type of person, you enjoy the National Days, and you will... You will do all of the things that they tell you to as long as you like them. Is National Eat What You Want Day happening for you today? I've basically been living that for a year. <laughs> okay. All right. I uh, <laughs> No, seriously. I mean, my diet has gone to shit. It sucks. Uh, but I, I think because the question comes up sometimes in conversation, if you could eat only one thing for the rest of your life every day, what would you eat? For me... Wings, chicken wings. I would eat wings every single day, and I don't think I would ever get sick of them. Although somebody texted our FM radio show today and suggested sandwiches because there's a lot of diversity there. Yes, and you know what? I wanted to build on that one because I liked it a lot, and I would say wraps. I'm more of a wrap person, but I know I see exactly what they're going for there. There's so many variations to that if you leave it up in the air. I also think that's a bit of a cheat, though. I think you have to be particular. Like you said, wings, great. Then you got to eat those same wings every day. You say pizza, you got to eat the same pizza every day. And that's really? tough. Yeah. Not even change up the toppings? Oh, you could change. I suppose changing up the toppings? Sure. Uh, but you can't have like a, a meatball sandwich one day and then have a pastrami sandwich the next day because that's a different that's a different sandwich. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't know. You're throwing too many am rules too on this now. You're being, losing me here. You're am I being me. too picky in this weird fantasy? Yeah, maybe I am. Maybe you're right. I, a little I, bit. I, I think so. Okay, can I just say the one thing that I do have every single day that I never get sick of? And I'm the, that type of person. I have like almost the same thing to eat every day. My husband always is like, oh, let me guess. You're having another salad for lunch. I have almost the same thing every day. Chicken wings in our house is on the menu a lot. We cook them to be quite healthy, though. Um, I know a lot of people use the air fryer. I'll just straight up bake it and just put a little bit of seasoning that I like on it. And I love it. It's great. And it's it's good for you, too. It's not bad. It's not deep fried and filled with all that stuff. So I don't feel guilty. But I mean, if we're talking the you'll never feel guilty and you won't gain weight from eating it. I love the thought of that. And I think I would go gross. Like if I, if today was the day I would eat anything I actually wanted to eat. I'd have a fucking poutine for breakfast, Scott Fox. <laughs> <laughs> a fucking poutine. You'd have a lot of different poos happening if you did that <laughs> every single poots. day. Right, yeah. exactly. A lot of poots happening. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, bring on the carbs. Let's go. I don't eat carbs in my regular everyday life. Heavy carbs in my regular everyday life. So I fucking pack on the poot, 100%. I like it, Kat. I'm not going to do it, but I want it. <laughs> I'm dreaming of it now. Uh, there is a lot of things we're going to get to in this episode of After 9, but just so you know, guys, today we're doing something on our FM radio show that's basically become an annual event. We're doing a 12-hour broadcast just to show a little bit of support for our healthcare workers and first responders. So we're on today from 6 a.m. until 6 p.m., but we still managed to find time to make an After 9 because we love you guys, and thank you for downloading. Uh, I got to tell you guys why I almost phoned Cat last night. 
and that never happens. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember the last time I talked to you on the phone. The only, was it Christmas? Let me put it this way. So, so text and I, uh, text and I, here we go. Scott, I'm already, t- I'm already delusional from this long day. So Scott and I will text each other often. But if we call each other, I know Scott is only calling me for one of two reasons. Some shit is going down, like something is happening, or he's got some hot gossip, which also could be the same thing. He could also be in trouble. It's quite possible. But I know something is happening. He, Scott doesn't call me for a nothing reason. I know that he is in a pickle if he calls me or he's got mm-hmm. hot gossip. Yeah, this was uh, this was a bit of a pickle. I, I was actually confused. Like I had a, what the fuck am I going to do now moment. So we'll get to that coming up. First off, we are living uh, continuously in bizarro world here, Kat. They uh, announced yesterday that this was Dr. David Williams. The cases have to be below a thousand a day for a good amount of time before they will consider lifting the stay at home order. Can I ask you, because we touched on this the other day, what was so wrong with what we suggested the other day? What was so wrong with if you want people to comply? Let them go outside. Let them do outdoor stuff. Let's ease off a little bit on the stay-at-home order and make it a stay-at-home suggestion that when you're not outside doing those safe, distanced, practical things, then you should stay home. This isn't free reign to just go and do whatever you want. We're not opening up a ton of stuff. But if you want to go outside, you can. Why are they so hell-bent on, on not admitting that they were wrong about this? All the doctors agree. Outside is safe. Why won't they at least compromise on that? Can you think of a reason? I I mean, I said it yesterday. I think that they're honestly afraid of making, if they make, they, that's them making a choice, right? Even if they choose to let that, that's making a choice. And so far, all of the choices that they've made have been criticized, rightfully so, by most of us. So I think they're afraid to make a choice like that because they're afraid of whatever ripple effect it might be. They're really being cautious right now. Very cautious because I, I know that they know why. They need to basically proved to the voting public that their vote should be should be passed along to them. You know what I mean? You need to prove yourself here. And so they're afraid to make a choice. They're afraid to make a decision. They don't want to make the wrong one, so they're just not making one at all. Does that make sense? I, I guess. I mean, no decision isn't in place of the right decision, though. And And to just continuously double down on this outdoor activity stuff when all of the doctors agree that it is fine. Even the CDC is saying initially we thought it was about a 10 percent risk. Now it's more like a 1 percent risk. That's how minuscule your chances are of catching COVID-19 outside. It just doesn't make sense that when there's more and more evidence pointing towards outside being healthy, vitamin D being part of the solution, all of that. That they would double down on this stay-at-home order. And all because they keep looking at this stupid mobility data and thinking, oh, we got to find new ways to keep people home. Like, honest to God, guys, you've got to stop being so stubborn. Mm -hmm. Just say it. Okay, you know what? We admit nobody on the science table said we should close outdoor amenities. Nobody said we should. We were trying to limit mobility. That was wrong. We're going to open up the outdoors. Now, when you're not outdoors, you should still try and stay home as much as possible. And to help make that easier for you, we're going to continue on with the the shutdown of non-essential stores and all that sort of shit. We're going to keep the attractions closed, but you can do stuff outside safely. If they would just do that, it would actually help so much, but they're just doubling down on it. And now, I mean, with Williams coming out to say, 
It's got to be under a thousand new cases a day. More and more people are asking a very simple question. Where are these 3000 cases a day on average coming from? If hair salons, churches, schools, non-essential retail, all of it's closed. Mm-hmm. All of this stuff that we were led to believe is dangerous is closed. Okay. And we're still getting 3,000 cases a day. It's making it very easy to see where the spread has been coming from all along. Yeah. I mean, there really are, if I may play a little dev- devil's advocate-ish here, is that there really are people like p- living on top of people in some of these hotspot areas. People doing things right, but around them, they're not. And they'll catch COVID just based off of that. They're afraid to even leave their apartments, especially apartment buildings. I'll throw a big target there because I know there's a lot of apartment buildings who've had multiple cases because people are walking around without their mask on and they're all using common spaces. When you're crammed into those places, you really have no escape. And if you're bumping into people constantly that don't have masks on, that is one cause for... I'm not saying that's all where it's coming from, but that that is a, that is a problem. So that needs to be addressed. You can't go around you know, uh, addressing every little spot, but you can at least address those hotspots, which I think is the only thing that they're doing right right now is at least having those clinics constantly open to get those people vaccinated so we can at least calm those areas down. If you look at the numbers that our friend Ryan Imgrund publishes every day, he took what Dr. Williams said yesterday about it needs to be under a thousand cases a day, and he applauded it on a chart and things like that. And he basically came up with June 10th. June 10th, in and around June 10th, is a day when we could start to lift the stay-at-home order. That's a month from now. Another month like this is misery. I uh, I really worry about that, Kat. I'm worried about people. Yeah. I, I'm really I worried you. about people because yeah. they're going squirrely. And with this nice weather... Being told you can't do anything outdoors and everything being shut down, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, now John Tory and Patrick Brown, who are probably the most successful lobbyists of the provincial government, seems like the only thing that gets done is when Bonnie Crombie, Patrick Brown or John Tory pressure Ford to do something. Mm -hmm. Now they're at least on this. They're suggesting outdoors should be open because it doesn't make sense that it's closed. Right. Not when we know there's no spread. So uh, thank you to Mayor Tory and Mayor Brown. And hopefully your efforts will mm-hmm. will help make a bit of a difference. Because right now, common sense is not prevailing. We're not following science. And people are going fucking squirrely. Um, are we hearing that this is going to be schools as well then? will remain shut down along with this. So basically won't go back to physical like in-class learning? Or uh, you know, is that separate? I have no idea because they said we want schools to be the last to close and the first to open. Well, if they're going to be the first to open, but it needs to be under a thousand cases a day, according to Dr. Williams, that's his opinion. Then I don't see schools returning. If they could start to reopen schools around June 10th, is there any point in going for two more weeks? Yeah. Or should they just leave at distance learning? But you know what? It just, and and that part sucks. That part breaks my heart. There are people who, there are kids who really like, who who need it, who who are suffering. Who really are suffering, and I mean that from the most extreme um, domestic violence happening in the home, and this is their escape, to ones who just really need this for their own mental well-being, uh, to people who just miss their friends. And I get it, and it and it sucks. And I hear from a lot of parents all the time who listen to this podcast saying that their kids they feel so terrible for their kids who are suffering. Others who are okay with it, who've been fine distance learning, and they've been okay, and that's great. Uh, but for those who really do need it, I I feel for you. 
it sucks. Um, know that vaccines are going out for, to teachers now, and that's a positive that we can hang on to. I'm just not sure that the school year is going to be salvaged. I'm really not. Well, at this point, I mean, the way they Dr. Williams explained it yesterday, combined with Ryan's extrapolation of the numbers onto that chart, I don't see it coming back now. And I always did. I always thought yeah. that after May 2-4 weekend, we were in a good enough spot that we would be able to do this. But for whatever reason... They just will not compromise on that. And people see the irony. They see that dangerous stuff is open and safe stuff is closed. And that's a huge problem. But there's another problem coming soon. Um, we're talking about a, this crisis that we've got in healthcare. It's so, so sad. Not just the people who are dealing with COVID and need to be intubated and so on and so forth. It's the backlog of surgeries. And yesterday, <clears throat> sorry, the Financial Accountability Office came out. With some new numbers, and they say their projections estimate it will take roughly three and a half years to clear the backlog on surgeries. And I'm wondering, at what point does the government say, yes, we're dealing with a crisis right now. There's so many people in the ICU and on ventilators. But also compare that to what's happening now with a three and a half year backlog on surgeries. Like, at what point do they consider that a healthcare crisis mm -hmm. as well? And it's it's possible that they could mitigate some of this. It really is. They uh, they just are doubling down on covid and apparently not looking down the line to what if there is a fourth wave? What if there's a new pandemic? What if there's a, a catastrophic emergency or a natural disaster? Then what are we going to do? Like maybe we should really be working on increasing our healthcare capacity here. Anybody who's got any interest whatsoever in being a doctor or nurse, pay for their tuition, get them through school, get them into the buildings and pay them well, because this is scary shit. A three and a half year backlog on surgery. I mean, I know we log our covid deaths, but is anybody keeping track of the cancer? Oh, deaths? People will now. People will. I mean, this is this. I mean, the fact that we're talking about it is important, I think. And yes, we are. We're going to lose people. We already have, though. I mean, I don't know about you. I've been paying attention to those kind of stories, too. And we've we have lost people because of it. You know, someone who was supposed to get, you know, a, a pretty general surgery done. But it, there was also a little bit of risk there went without their surgery and 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 died. And that surgery was actually life saving. And maybe in the moment they didn't know it was life saving, but it was. So we're going to hear situation after situation about this. And it's absolutely scary. And it's something that we do need to consider. And as oh, man, as those numbers get down a little bit, I really hope they are able to ramp up those those surgeries again, because I do think it's Me so too. important. Yeah, yeah. It's real scary shit. It really is. Uh, and the other issue that's going to come up here, and this will be the last thing on COVID, is there, uh, apparently the provincial government is following a UK study on mixing different vaccines. Because for those who got the AstraZeneca vaccine, the supply is fairly limited at this point. There's not a ton of AstraZeneca coming in now because India needs it so badly and because the entire world is hoping to get AstraZeneca as well. And now they want to take someone who's had the first dose of vaccine as AstraZeneca and give them their second shot as Moderna and Pfizer. And, and just full disclosure here, I'm not a scientist. Maybe that's perfectly safe. But maybe it's not. And I have to think that because they're two different types of vaccine, we've got the mRNA vaccines there with Moderna and Pfizer. And then the what is it? They call them a vector vaccine with the, the AstraZeneca and the J&J. &J. It doesn't really make sense to me 
that we could give two totally different types of vaccine and achieve the same result. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe this study will prove me wrong, but doesn't that sound a little weird? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I mean, yes. And the truth is that it's too soon to tell um, if it'll work, if the efficacy, I guess, will be there. I mean, there's going to be people hesitant to do that. You're going to have people who are hesitant and just say, screw it, then I'll start over and I'll start fresh with, you know, can I start fresh with something else? Can you do that? I don't know. There's so many questions. But this is the this was the problem from the beginning when we weren't sure of how many we were getting, though. I was worried about this. That's why I was more for let's get shots in arms fully vaccinated before we bring one shot to everybody, like all of these people, because that could end up being useless. And I know people in healthcare who had that same concern. Yeah, I mean, the four month interval between shots, that's that's not what the manufacturer recommends at all. And now mixing the vaccines, as far as I know, Pfizer is not suggesting that. I don't know if they're firmly opposed to that, but I'd love a little more direction because when you start playing around with this shit, I mean, that's not what we did in the clinical trials. Give somebody a shot of AstraZeneca and then four months later, give them a shot of Moderna and hope for the best. That's not how those clinical trials were done. And we don't really have time to do a whole new set of clinical trials on this. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a small study, not even a Canadian one. It'll be out of the UK. And then we're going to have to rely on NASI again to make a decision. Nassie's already been wrong once about AstraZeneca. So, you know, I, I'd really love to think that the smartest people in the country are in on this and are making well thought out decisions. I just worry about the politics coming into it. And politically, it's probably a bad move to come out now and say, yeah, we were wrong. We're going to have to start you over again, or you're going to have to wait because I don't think they want to do that and admit we have a major supply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Issue. Uh, okay, let's go on to a couple of other different things. I almost called you last night. <laughs> <laughs> and like you said, if I call or if you call me, shit is going Something down. Happened. Something What happened? First off, I don't know if I've told you this or not, but you're my call. If I get arrested and I get the one phone call, you're the one I call because I trust you to answer the phone, whereas my friends are a bunch of fuckers that probably won't. So you're my call, and and you will get that if I ever find I'm, myself incarcerated. I'm waiting for the day, Scott. I'm waiting for the day. We should start a pool on what it'll be for. Yeah, yeah. Oh, place your bets, friends. Place your bets. <laughs> no, the reason I called was, and I felt like such an idiot, I do a lot of domestic things very well. I cook well. I uh, I can fix things around the house. I'm fairly handy. I'm good with tools. I'm good with landscaping. I'm good with gardening. All that stuff is good. My one area of weakness, well, one of many, is in the cleaning area. Mm. Not good at cleaning. I don't notice when shit is dusty, for example. People have to point it out to me like, huh, haven't dusted in a while, huh? I'm not even good at vacuuming. I miss spots and it looks like shit. But laundry falls into the cleaning area. And last night I had to do a load of laundry. So I I turned on the washer, started grabbing clothes out of the basket, 
threw some into the washing machine. Then I'm like, oh, fuck, better add the Tide Pod. So I grabbed a Tide Pod out of the, the, the box of them, threw it in. Then I went back to adding more clothes. <sighs> One of the shirts, as I was throwing it in the machine, tipped over the container of Tide Pods and like six of them, at least, went into my laundry. And I watched them fall right into the water and went, uh, fuck, uh -huh. what? And, and I was just, I had these visions in my head of, ah, Fuck, soap's going to go everywhere. I'm going to flood my basement. I'm going to ruin my washing machine. Those clothes, I'm going to have to throw them out. And then I started thinking, can I reach in and grab them? But they were already starting to dissolve. What should I do? And I had a choice in this moment. I can call Kat and ask for some friendly advice. Kat's a mom. She does laundry like fucking 50 to five times a day. A lot, yeah. Or I can Google it. Neither was the option that I went with. <laughs> Neither. <laughs> I just decided I'm just going to say a little prayer and hope for the best here. <laughs> uh huh. What would your advice have been had I gotten through to you I if I had cell reception in the basement? Well, first of all, I would say, did you actually turn it on as you were putting laundry in? And then you would have been like, Cat, don't waste time. Yes, I did. <laughs> so I would, have wasted, <laughs> I would have wasted a lot of time just simply asking like, wait, so you turn the water on because it's a top load. I get it because I, I remember the I remember having it. And and same thing. My parents used to do that all the time. They turn it on. The water would be running into it and starting as they're putting laundry in. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I think we all know that there was a mistake made there and you won't do that again. No, uh, you're supposed <laughs> to turn the water on and then start filling it with clothes. No, you put clothes in first, right? And then wh who does it the other way around? But apparently you're not alone because people text this morning saying they they heard that that's the proper way to do it too. Fine. I probably would have said scoop it out. Scoop it out, get it out of there because you don't want to risk it there. Then you're going to have to keep your eye on the thing the whole time. And who has time for that? You want to sit there and watch your washing machine or check in on it every two seconds to make sure it's not, you know, bubbling over. No, no one has time for that shit. So, so grab a scoop, you know, say goodbye, rest in peace to those Tide Pods that you're obviously, they're going to be no good because they're probably mostly dissolved at that point. Scoop them out. And, and, and hope for the best after that. That's what I probably would have told you to do. Do you have gloves handy? Scoop them out now. Yeah, I mean, it was already part of the dissolving process, the dissolution, if you will. Right, right. And there was all I could see like that oily streak of Tide or maybe it was the fabric softener part of it or whatever. It was already starting to go into the clothes. And I thought, well, we're into this shit now. I guess we better just wait and see what happens. And I was like every five minutes I was going down the stairs, like peeking down there. Uh, and is there any soap on the floor yet? Because yep. I had these visions of soap going everywhere. <laughs> That's way and, too much soap for a load least, of laundry. If that happened, though, if you don't like cleaning, at least, hey, you're, the, the water's already there. Just mop it around a little bit. And it's like you cleaned your floors, too. Fuck. I'm like, should I phone Service Master or the insurance company? I don't know. What do I do? <laughs> so anyway, it did not produce any insane amount of bubbles or anything like that. I was shocked. But what it did do was leave all my clothes like really, really oily. You know what I mean? Like uh, it was like there was like, really? is there olive oil or something in a Tide yeah. Pod? Like what is that? Why, why is it all oily and slimy? Now? Apparently, yes, there is a type of oil to clean inside there because somebody messaged this morning with that exact thing saying that your clothes, your clothes might be a little slippery after that. <laughs> like, it slid right <laughs> off me. I put my pants on and they slid right off. That can be your excuse from here forward. Oh, sorry, baby. Too many, <laughs> Too many Tide, Tide Pods. pods. <laughs> Here's my dick. Too many Tide Pods. Am I right? 
<laughs> so anyway, I haven't done it yet, but I do need to go down and rewash that load at some point soon. And uh, you know what I'm not going to do anymore is keep the Tide Pods on the dryer when I'm loading the washer. Right. I will keep it on the shelf. I'll take one pod out, throw it in the machine, and then put it back on the shelf. Right. That's good. the new plan going Very forward. Very good. Hey, you learned. You learned. You know, you live and you learn. That's what we do in this world. Can I tell you one time I fucked up? If you want to hear about my fuck up story is yeah. I, I don't Please. know. So I've got a side load, right? So I put my... I put my load of laundry in, was not paying attention, and I closed the door, and it locked, and it started the wash, and I walked away, like I always do. But it didn't shut all the way, technically, because a sleeve of one of my jackets was hanging out of the washer. So when that happens, the seal is broken. And then what happens when the seal is broken, and you have a side-loading washer? All over the floor. No. All over the floor. Thank God I was still home because there. I, if I would have left, honestly, it, my house, my top floor would have been flooded or close enough to it. At least the mudroom would have been. But I went back to check and I'm like, ah, what is this water on the floor? It leads to the washing machine. Fuck. And it's because I left the sleeve out of, the, of a jacket and I didn't notice. Wow. Um, by the way, in case you're wondering... Somebody messaged us this morning, again, to our FM radio show when we talked about this, and said that their roommate accidentally used a Tide Pod in the dishwasher. That does create havoc. Apparently, when you do that, you'll get soap fucking everywhere. It almost kind of makes me want to do it. If I ever sell this house, I'm going to do that on my way out the door, just to see. And you know what's going to happen, though? You know exactly what did happen, I should say, is that person went... Well, I don't know. This thing fucking cleans, and this is a dishwasher, and then, like it's all the same shit. And then chucked it in. That's yeah. exactly what happened. Oh, yeah, soap is soap. Soap Who is cares? soap. Soap is soap. Fuck it. Uh, oh, speaking of fuck it, uh, I want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> what a great way to put it. I want to talk about uh, Drake's new car, and it's fine. Anytime a celebrity gets a car, there's a couple types of people, right? They're the people who pay attention and go, oh, what kind of, you know, what kind of money did they spend on this car? What kind of car is it? Because they're a car person, or at least they like to Google it and see the look of this car that their rich celebrity uh, spent money on. Fine. So Drake bought a $400,000 Rolls Royce Cullinan? Cullin- I'm saying it wrong, right? I'm not rich, so I don't even know what the fuck it is. Um, yeah, rich people aren't allowed to pronounce it properly. <laughs> so it doesn't matter or anyway? Poor people are not allowed to pronounce it properly. Okay, yeah. well, whatever. I mean, the bottom line is it's Rolls Royce. Very expensive, obviously. $400,000. But he got it customized with a very special message etched into the wheels. He went to Chrome Hearts in Miami, very popular spot for celebrities to go customize. Before the before the Pimp My Ride people, there was Chrome Hearts in Miami. No, I don't even know when they came along, but a lot of uh, celebs go to them. The most notable feature on this car in the custom package that Drake had ordered is the words, fuck you, written onto the wheels of the car. Really? And the best part about it, I guess, so if you get fuck you etched into the wheel, I'm talking about it's on the wheel. When it's in motion, you don't know it's telling you to fuck off, basically, right? You're like, Mm -hmm. oh, nice car, right on. And then it pulls up and it stops. It's like, fuck you. No, fuck you, Drake. (laughs) You fuck you. (laughs) Why would you want that on your car? Thank you. I don't know. 
Uh, they covered the car in a gothic cross logo, which actually belongs to them. That's what Drake wanted. And it includes uh, one in place of the hood piece, however. But the fuck you wheels are definitely the most notable part of this $400,000 vehicle that you, yes, you, could see scooting around the GTA at some point this summer. I uh, I don't know if I'm just going to like fangirl or if I'm going to be offended if I pull up beside that car to light. <laughs> you know what, though? Honestly, if someone pulled up beside me in a half million dollar car, I'd say fuck me too, right? I'd yeah. be like, yeah, fuck me, right? Like, fuck. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like I'm getting the big finger anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, you might as well just yell out your window. Hey, poor bitch. Take a look at my fucking car. Nice <laughs> Honda, loser. <laughs> Here's a great reminder that you should work harder. Yeah. <laughs> Holy. <laughs> nice baby seats in the back, you fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> what are you off to soccer practice, bitch? Uh, Drake is a dad. Do you think that car's got a car seat in the back you for his what, little though? guy? There's, you know, I think, I'm pretty sure safety wise, a Rolls Royce is not a bad car when it comes to that. So I have no doubt in my mind if he's going to take little Adonis out on a drive, he could totally take that fuck you car out with his son in the back. It's totally possible. Last thing I want to cover in this episode of After 9, because we do have to get back to our 12-hour radio show, is, uh, this is a tough one. Ben Affleck used to vacation with his wife, Jennifer Garner, and their kids in Montana. That was like the place they went for family getaways. Well, of course, Ben and, and Jennifer Garner are not together, but it is still Ben and Jen Lopez now. He took Jennifer Lopez to spend some time at the place that he used to go for family vacations. And I can't figure out if that's a that, – that's weird, right? Like you had all those fun family moments, you, your wife, and your kids together, and now you're there with your girlfriend. That, that's a strange one to me. Yeah. So you just – you would never do it. So there's got to be a spot or a place or – Well, I'm not saying never. It's just I don't know. I mean it's one thing to go to a restaurant. I mean, if there's a restaurant that you and your significant other go to and then you guys break up, but you really like the restaurant, you could go there with your next. How does that make How is that any different? Well, because it's just dinner. It's not like you're sleeping in the same bed and all that sort of stuff, you know? But they probably aren't sleeping in the same bed. It's not like he probably like checked into the hotel and said, hey, J-Lo, Jennifer Garner and I fucked right there on that bed. You want to <laughs> you know, take a seat? <laughs> no. I'm sure it's not like that. Now, keep in mind, okay, a bunch of things with this story. I mean, there's a lot to unpack with this story that we heard uh, about him taking. By the way, it was Yellowstone Club, Big Sky, Montana, beautiful resort. Like, there's absolutely nothing wrong with this place. It looks peaceful, serene. It looks like a great family spot and one to take your fling or your ex from 2004 that you want to impress again. I mean, lots of great reasons to visit the Yellowstone Club in Big Sky, Montana. And if they're listening, yeah, I'd love to visit there sometime. But I, I think... Honestly, Jennifer Lopez can't take, first of all, can't take a break apparently between men ever. Like she's, she's a bit synonymous for this. We all know when it comes to JLo, it is guy on guy on guy on guy. And it does not stop in between her last breakup before she started dating A-Rod. She was hanging out with Drake and she let that be known in between every relationship. She's got an in-between guy during every relationship. It's like, she's got the next one on the list ready to go. That's the outside perspective that we have JLo. It really is. Girl can't just chill and be by herself for a little bit. But anyway, that said, she is a family person. She loves her family. She respects other people's families like she did with A-Rod's family. 
She knew full well A-Rod was at different places, I'm sure. So what does it matter? Yeah, he happened to go there with Jennifer Garner and his kids. I mean, you have three kids to entertain. You're going to go to different resorts. Maybe this one truly does have beautiful views. And you just want to show Jennifer Lopez all of those beautiful views that you've seen for all these years. Like, I don't think it's a big deal. Pretty sure Ben's the one getting a beautiful view. Yeah, yeah, that's what mountains. I'm looking at these mountains. <laughs> Do you think it's legit? Do you think uh, Benifer is officially back or are they just having some fun in between serious relationships? Yeah, in my gut, Scott, my gut tells me this won't last. I, I, I do think she's the type that is really enjoying this, though, really enjoying mm-hmm. every moment of people talking about it and taking photos of them while they're in Montana. I think she likes the thought of it. I know. She, I mean, she just seems like the type to me that's loving this Every second of it. But I don't actually see them staying together. There is reports that he apparently, and I, but to be fair, I do think he does. I do think he does want it and he would like that. I don't think she'll do it. But he apparently had been sending her love, we'll call them letters, but they were emails, love letters ever since February, ever since we heard initially, remember we heard initially that she and A-Rod broke up and then she flew to the Dominican to film Shotgun Wedding and then A-Rod ended up joining her and then we thought maybe they were back together, but then it turns out they weren't. They were just kind of bringing closure to the relationship. He was apparently sending her notes the second she landed in Dominican. Like the second the story dropped, Ben Affleck was fucking on that shit, like flies on shit. I can be there in three hours. Just give me the word. I love you. But apparently that's how it kind of started was uh, he said, hey, you look great. Um, I just want to say I'm there for you. It must be crazy right now and you can't be home. Uh, Just know that I'm here and I've been thinking of you, that kind of thing. And it was it meant so much to her that she actually reached out and said, yeah, let's get together. So they did end up getting together. We all know that they did the Vax Live concert. They were both involved in it. And it was right from there. They went to Montana and went to this Yellowstone Club. That's wild i don't know i think like is there something there between them maybe she's never usually one to revisit seriously relationships but that said didn't she actually date mark anthony before she got married to mark anthony many 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 years ago or were they just friends before she ended up with him i'm not sure how it went down scott but all i know is uh it's possible but my gut is telling me they're probably not gonna end up together Okay, yeah, that's probably a good way to look at it. Hey, thanks for checking out this episode of After 9, everybody. We love you for listening. You can reach us anytime. Slide into the DMs at Scott Fox on Air or at Cat on Air. That's Cat with a K. You can find a lot of the stories that we talk about at scottandcat.ca. Have a good one, and we will catch you right back here tomorrow. NBC announced it will not air next year's Golden Globes due to the controversy surrounding the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Yeah, it's, it's like NBC said to ABC, we see your hostless award show and raise you no award show. <laughs> Another big story is the scandal in horse racing. It just came out that Medina Spirit, the horse that won last weekend's Kentucky Derby, tested positive for steroids after the race. <laughs> when you heard that, the horse was like, hey, you said that needed was the third Pfizer vaccine. A small sketch of a bear by Leonardo da Vinci measuring less than eight square inches is expected to sell at an auction for over $16 million, which is way too high because da Vinci was originally trying to draw a dog. (laughs) 